It's the Dogcast, episode number 165, Dogs versus the Tide. And yeah, it's going to be somebody's funeral. Dog fans, it's the Dog Cast, episode number 165. It is Georgia versus Alabama pregame show. I'm in the bunker this week, 60 feet below the surface of Sanford Stadium here in downtown Athens under the field. Me and Old Dog getting ready for the game. Old Dog, this game is about, really, no kidding, about as big as a game can be. Some people are saying it's the biggest game in 25 years, old dog. What do you think, man? It's 1976 all over again. I just wish I was sitting on the tracks where I could stop a train one more time. <laughs> I tell you, man. We got Munson retiring, ESPN coming to the Myers Quad. We've got the blackout. We've got two top ten teams coming, number three versus number eight, in a reprise of a game that went to overtime last year. This is East versus West, all SEC. It's as big. It's Mark Rick versus Nick Saban. This really is as big as it gets. It's basically good against evil. It is. It's good against evil. It's a night game. This game has everything. Everything a football game can have except Tim Tebow. I'm telling you. <laughs> I've had people, old dog, call me about tickets this week. We had a guy call today, said he offered his firstborn son up for four tickets, and they turned him down on the DNA test. Oh, can you, man. Can you believe that, man? That is rough. Tickets are tight for this one, baby. Yes, they are. And they had a thing out, uh, you know, and again, I guess this is scaring folks, but they had a thing out saying you have to beware of counterfeit tickets. Oh, I that know. Apparently, there's some real high-grade counterfeit tickets out there. Uh, I think they in the article I read was uh group had done them for the LSU-Auburn game or something last year, and they were worried about them surfacing here. I tell you, I have no idea how you would know a good counterfeit. I mean, a ticket looks like a ticket, you know? If it's a really not, good counterfeit, you're not going to know. You're not going to know they scan the barcode. I know, and ain't that going to suck? Absolutely. You fork over a couple of bennies for some tickets, or, you know, per... And yeah. uh, you get up there, and they're like, hey, this isn't a good ticket. You can't come in. I mean, that would be the worst feeling in the world because you go from being on top of the world thinking you got a ticket to being down low knowing that you got a counterfeit. Oh, I know it. So, old dog, I want to lead off with some news about the biggest dog of all, the big old dog, the original old dog. Yeah. Larry Munson officially announced his retirement. You know, Again. Again, after he did his farewell tour last year, came back this year, which you guys know, I mean, we disagree with that. I really thought that was not so cool. You know, we've talked about Larry Munson ever since this show started, and I've said a million times, I love Larry Munson. He's the original. He he started, the, I think, he was one of the pioneers of this fan as a announcer kind of guy, you know, the guy who really cared, not just like a sports talking head. And Larry had the fantastic calls 
Lindsey Scott, Hobnail Boot, all the things he did. And, you know, Old Dog, you know, it's, it's going to be weird knowing that you're not ever going to hear him on the radio again doing a Georgia game. Oh, I know. I mean, you know, I grew up, you know, listening to Larry on the radio on away games. Uh, and in his day, there was none better. He was a homer and pulled it off better than anybody else ever did and was probably loved or at least respected by the opposing teams, even though it was never Georgia, it was always we. Right. And, you know, you loved him for that. And, you know, we've got different generations here. You know, you're big on the hobnail boot. You know, I remember Run, Lindsay, Run, and Sugar Falling from the Sky are two of my favorite calls. Right. You know, along with Hunker Down one more time. Yeah, he was great. I mean, he was great. There's no doubt. And he was probably at his greatest when he was just ad-libbing. I mean, I will never forget after Lindsay's, you know, hearing it, uh, you know, on highlights and everything, after Lindsey Scott scoring the Gator Bowl in 1980, he just called for the entire destruction of the stadium. You know, said it <laughs> fell down. You know, they are going to have to renovate it. You know, this, I mean, just off the cuff, the kind of stuff he came up with back in his day was great. But, you know, with all that said, and absolutely no disrespect for the man at all, it certainly was time for him to step down. He had lost a little bit, and... You know, the the highlights that I heard this year, you could really tell he was struggling, and I think he made the best decision that he could. He had definitely lost a step from even last year when he was doing his farewell tour. And I, frankly, I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him to be Larry Munson. You know I mean? He yeah. has to be Larry Munson, and he has to get all these players' names right and stuff. And I think the pressure, the physical toll, the mental toll, you know, I think really he probably stayed about two games longer than he should have, at least two games longer than he should have. And, uh, you know, I hate I hate to see him go, but I do think it's the best choice for him and for the Bulldogs. Well, you know, and at some point in time, there are going to be two guys replacing me and you. You're right. We're going to have to hand off the torch, you know. and uh, We will. Gonna... Hopefully it will be when we move into the booth to start calling games. <laughs> That's exactly because right, Because I'll tell you what, I love Larry Munson, but we need to run Scott Howard and uh, Eric Zion out of there and put me and you in the booth. Well, I'll tell you, and you know, I got in trouble for this on the ninety-six-one thing. I didn't really, you know, I, I don't. I'm not saying it's got to be me. I, I think we could do it. I think it'd be great. I think people oh, would love us. It would but be wonderful. I do. And you think, know, people would love us. Uh, I know, especially me. But what I'm saying is. I do think it needs to be somebody with some passion, with some personality, somebody who freaking cares. Anybody, you know, you could get Scott Howard, just pick some sports talking head off of uh, Channel 11 News in Atlanta, and they can get in there and do it. But, you know, broadcasting Georgia games, you know, it's just, you want somebody that cares, man. Somebody that's there with you in the fight. Somebody who gets it, you know? And Brings- I brings the passion of a true fan to the game. And personally, and, no yeah, no offense to Scott. I like Scott Howard and Eric Zire. They're fine. They're perfectly serviceable. But they you could take those guys out of the booth and put them in at a Colorado Buffaloes game or an Arizona State game. They could call the freaking Montreal Canadiens Hockey League and do it exactly. I mean, they're just talking heads. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and not just that, but – I'll tell you this, you know, and Larry never played, and certainly Scott Howard didn't, but he's the play-by-play guy. But, you know, having Zyre up there, and it's a situation, 
I don't think that a player, a current player, or even an ex-player has the same passion for the team that a true fan does. Some guy that went to the school, never set foot on the field, but's never missed a game. I mean, we live for this stuff. Right. Those guys, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, players are a little clinical, you know? Yeah. And we we take it seriously, man. Oh, it's life and this death. It is all business for us, buddy. I'm telling you what. But uh, anyway, that's what I wanted to say about Larry. You know, congratulations, Larry, on a great career. 43 years. He's, uh, you know, he turns 86 this weekend. And, um, you know, congratulations on a great career, and we really loved you, and we're going to miss you. you know? And the truest testament to how good Larry was is I will guarantee you this. When my grandchildren are students at the University of Georgia, when they are tailgating, they're going to be listening to Larry Munson highlights. Absolutely, man. That's absolutely right because he's the, he's the classic. He's the, he's, he's, he's the stuff. Absolutely. None better. All right, moving on. Before we get to more game stuff, I want to get this other stuff out of the way. A lot of people want to hear about the blackout, old dog, so let's talk about the blackout. We're we're not going to get into the philosophy of the blackout. Here's what I'm going to say about it, because we're on the record. I do think it's a bad idea. I do think that just because the players called for it, like I said, my kids would eat a Snicker bar for breakfast every day if I'd let them. That has nothing to do with anything. And, um, you know, but we can't pick and choose the coaching decisions we agree with. Mark Ricks called the ball, and we're going in black. And, hell, I'm going to look like Johnny Cash on Saturday night, you know. That's the way it is. That's the way we're going to play it. Well, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I'm going to take it a step further, and then maybe in the off week we'll get into a little bit more discussion on this. But I, my feeling is a blackout is, is fans in the stadium wearing black, and that can be called for, and that's got to be an intimidating thing. But black jerseys and a blackout don't necessarily have to go together. And the fact that it's been announced that Georgia's wearing black jerseys, we're calling for a blackout, the two don't need to be meshed. We can have a blackout and have the team wear home red. We can also not have a blackout maybe on an afternoon game in early in late November, maybe like the 27th or 20, or 29th when we play Tech, and have, have fans in red and have the team come out in black jerseys. At this point in time, the black jerseys have nothing except making the team feel good. You're right. It's not intimidating. It's not a surprise. It's not nothing. It's a uniform choice. A blackout is when the fans in the stadium wear black doesn't mean the players have to wear black jerseys. Well, and I'll tell you something else too, because if you guys listen to the Dogcast regular, you'll know we've been we've been against this because we want it to maintain some of that magic and some of that pop. But like I said today, old dog, we were talking about it, and let me just say, old listeners. Me, me and Old Dog have talked about. We have talked about the philosophy, like that. We have we have spent hours 
fleshing out this policy on the blackout for the dog gas. You have no idea. You have no idea how much time and thought we put into the theory of the blackout. But I do want to say this because this is a fresh argument that I hadn't heard today made to me by a guy who is not a Georgia fan. I was telling him about how we didn't want to do the blackout. Now you need to save this for the next show because we're getting way long involved and we need to talk about Okay. I'll ESPN, stop. game day in Alabama, and we really don't need to know Jason's theory on the blackout. Okay, look, we'll do blackout theory next week then, because we, we got an open date. we'll, do we'll black- see if it worked or not. Yeah, we'll do I'm blackout say, theory next week. I'm going to say something real quick about ESPN game day. Yes. It's going to be in Myers Quad. If for some reason you feel like you've got to go and make an ass out of yourself, and that is exactly what you are going to do. If you are a true dogcast listener, you will not show up, you will not boycott. But if you got to go because you think it's going to be so wonderful to have that camera pan by you and maybe you'll get on TV and you can tell your friends, boy, I was in that crowd and, and I was holding up the sign and everything, please <laughs> mock them for the idiots they are. If Lee Corso puts on a bulldog head, don't cheer because it is the kiss of death. Exactly. We do not want him to put on the Georgia he- the Georgia head at the end of the show at noon on Saturday. We don't want anybody to come. It would be great if they threw a game day and nobody came. But the Myers quad is probably going to be packed. Oh, you know it is. But we want no Dogcast listeners there because no. Dogcast listeners, you've got to be above that. You've got to be smarter than the average fan. You're better informed. You know the issues at hand. And you know and remember that that guy that you're cheering for, if you're at the dang game day, think about how many times Herb Street said Georgia should not be considered for the national championship game because they didn't even win their they didn't even win their conference this year. Think about how many times Herb Street threw us under the bus. He was on a mission, a one-man mission to stop Georgia from making it to the national championship game last year. And I, for one, am not going over there to cheer his blonde Ohio. And forget for a second that he's a freaking suck eye. I am not going over there to cheer his ass when he threw us under the bus last year. I got nothing for the game day crew. And Chris Fowler, 10 years ago promised us he would never come back to Athens, and I wish he'd keep his word. I wish he weren't coming, but it is what it is. And believe me, we will be scouring footage of game day, and if we see a Dollcast listener there, your listening privileges will be suspended. Absolutely. We're using slow motion, high-def cams, and we are going to be looking for you. So now... Old dog, okay, let's, 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 get to the, let's get to the real deal, the game at hand. Nope, nope, not game at hand yet. We still, I've got right. one thing to say about last week's game. All right. I want to get your comments because I know you've seen it. Dog fans, if you haven't seen this video, you need to go on YouTube. Just type in Georgia, Arizona State, 12 men. Old dog, that last touchdown where we thought Moreno scored, he made it to the one-inch line, he fell on the line, they had to look at it. ASU had 12 men on the field. They had 12 men on the field completely surrounding the back judge, and there was no flag thrown. Of course, you know Georgia had 12 flags thrown against them, a season high, but Arizona State had 12 men on the field to stop Sean Moreno on that last, last drive. I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts about that 12 men on the field thing and about the refs in general? 
Well, it you know the twelve man on the field, no shot not scoring. It it really had no bearing on the outcome of the game, as you know, having sat with me. I would have loved to have seen us punch it in, and it was probably the poorest officiating game I have seen in my 50 years of life. Wow. Well, that says it all then. That's all there I wanted to know. I <laughs> Those riffs at Arizona State were bad. They That's were all horrible. I can tell you. And speaking of penalization, let's talk about the Alabama-Georgia game. It's time to talk about Finally. the Tide coming to Athens. 745 ESPN, Alabama and Nick Saban coming to town, old dog. Let's talk about Julio down by the schoolyard, my friend. Have you got a name for this for this game? Have you come up with your, your ESPN name? Is this the uh, this is going to be the Julio down by the schoolyard game, isn't it? No. <laughs> No, that that's not it. I am uh, I am hoping. I, I would say the elephant defecates itself. The elephant defecates itself. Or oh, we could let's talk about this coaching staff thing where we've got Alabama coaches saying that the reason George is wearing black is because they're going to a blanking insert, funeral. A blanking funeral. A effing funeral. I tell you what, coaching staff of Alabama, and including you, Nick Saban, you little weasel, we are coming to a funeral, buddy. You got that right. I agree 100%. We're coming to a funeral, but it ain't going to have anything to do with the death of the dogs. It's coming to the elephant is going to defecate itself as it watches its season go down the freaking toilet. Because let me tell you something. If you're pinning your hopes on Julio Jones and John Parker Wilson and this little kid named Coffee. Let me tell you something. We got something for those guys, all right? And I am not impressed by your weak offense. So I know this game is going to be one in the trenches, old dog. Let's talk about the defensive line and offensive line play because Alabama's skill players are not worthy of mention on this show. No, they really aren't. And, you know, more than ever, this is going to absolutely boil down to line play. Uh, we have the number one rushing defense in the SEC. Alabama has a good, probably better than good, running game. Uh, you know, it's going to, we are going to win or lose based on how we control their running game. In turn, going to the other side, we have a better offense than they do. We have better running back in Noshon, and we certainly have a better quarterback, and better skilled position guys. But, as we've often said, you can have the greatest running back in the world and the greatest receivers. If that line doesn't block, if it doesn't open a hole, if it doesn't give Stafford time to throw, then all that talent goes to waste. So it's going to boil down more than any more than any game we have had this year. It's going to boil down to offense and defensive line play. Absolutely, because as you know, they have a defensive tackle that weighs three hundred and sixty-five pounds. Absolutely, cannot oh, be blocked. That boy, that boy is four hundred <laughs> if he's a dime. I know, but I'm telling you, that kid is a man. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna lie. They've got some defensive linemen that are men, and those guys are going to bring pressure, and they are going to pressure, pressure, pressure Matthew Stafford, and we've got to be ready for it. You know, yeah. 
And likewise, we are going to have to penetrate their offensive line on defense because their offensive skill players, as we said, aren't that great. But we're going to have to put pressure on them or they will have a chance to pick us apart, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, and it's it's going to be won or lost in the trenches. There's no doubt about it. This is real, big-time SEC play. Yes, number you're right. three against number eight. And it's, it's Georgia against Alabama. It's all about the trenches, you know, but and, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, because the trenches are so important, because it is going to be a close game, I mean, this is not going to be a game, I don't think, that the dogs win by 14 or 17 or no. 20 points. This is going to be a three-point game, a seven-point game. This is going to be the kind of game that is won late in the fourth quarter, that is not over until late in the fourth quarter, and because of that... Now more than ever, something else we've been pounding this season, old dog, and this is when it really counts. Penalties. Field position. We gave up 40 yards in penalties during, the, during ASU's opening scoring drive. We cannot give Alabama 40 yards of penalties in any drive and especially, expect to win. Especially if we kick off and let them return it to the 40. Exactly. Field position and penalties. We bound, we pound this, dog fans, because this is the kind of thing you have to tune up in these first three games so that you're ready by the fourth game. And we really, frankly, haven't done that yet. But I do agree. Coach Rick says he doesn't think it's a discipline problem. He thinks it's kids being anxious, wanting to play. He thinks that the offside penalties and the pressure on the quarterback and the late hits and things like that are kids running 100 miles an hour trying to put pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, frankly, we may have to dial it back a notch because we cannot afford a 15-yard late hit on a quarterback if it's John Parker Wilson, you know? No, but, uh, you know, and, and I understand that, and I understand Coach Rick is trying to downplay stuff like that. I mean, how many penalties did we have for substitution problems, or how many times do we have to call timeout because we didn't have enough men on the field or we had too many? At least that, two. That, that's not yeah, a lot more than that. I mean, it's that's just in not, the last game. I'm talking yeah, about just last that, week. That's not being over-exuberant. That's just piss-poor coaching. I agree. When you have a penalty or a timeout on a punt, I agree. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's just – I mean, I'm just – man, this is big time football. I mean, here, here's the thing. I mean, it is. And we, you're right. I mean, the, and we'll talk a little bit, I guess, about keys to victory at this point. I mean, the thing, we've got to cut down on penalties. We can't be making stupid mistakes. And jumping off sides is stupid. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if you're fired up wanting to get off the ball. Jumping off sides is stupid. Yeah, Hitting the quarterback late is stupid. Now, granted, I didn't really see it was that big a hit when the guy pushes him a little bit. Yeah. And that was – but anyway, we have got to cut down on the penalties. We're averaging 11 a game. That's got to stop. You know, we're tied. We're tied with Texas Tech as the most penalized team in the country. Yeah. We have 43 is... penalties for over 350 yards this season. Yeah. That has got to stop. Special teams. Punting, Brian Mims, you are great. You are if a you're not hitting a 70-yard punt over their head, you are kicking it so damn high in the air, the guy is calling for a fair, fair catch and not able to return it. And you need to keep it up. Kickoffs, we are absolutely miserable. 
I agree. On <laughs> the depth and of the kick, the coverage, everything about we it. We have got to get a whole lot better this game than we have been. We're not playing. We are playing the number eight team in the country. They We're got not. They We're got special team Arizona. players that can score. They got special yeah. teams guys that can score right now. And we have got to tackle better. I mean, uh, I just I don't know what need. We need an end zone <laughs> kicker. We need some guy that can <laughs> kick it through the damn end zone. I hear you, old dog. We have beat that to death, and it still is true. And There's it no is. doubt about it. It's still true. But and, I, field and position the is going to be huge. Is them not knowing that Brian Evans is on the field and throwing in his direction. <laughs> them losing track. Maybe we need to, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Although, need- although I, I, I tell you what, you know, and, and again, people call me a curmudgeon and, you know, that I'm negative. I'm going to throw something positive out there. Congratulations to Brian Evans because I believe he was our leading tackler. Wow. Well, you know, he, he damn well better be because <laughs> the, guy, the guy with the freaking ball is always really near him, you know, but just not quite near enough, you know. But uh, I hope he's the best tackler on the team because he's going to get the ball thrown at him a lot. But um, maybe we could switch jerseys. Maybe Asher Allen could wear the three this week or Prince Miller could wear the three. May, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking outside the box here, dude. Well, here's here's my thought that I would love to happen. I would really love for our defensive backs to not even be a factor, and I want JPW on his butt in the backfield before he's got a chance to throw it. Listen, here's the bottom line, dog fans. We got an open date next week. This is a big game. We have to leave it all on the field. Yeah. I mean, our skill players are better than their skill players. So the only thing it's going to come down to is can we keep the pressure off of Stafford long enough for him to make a decision? Can we make the holes that Sean needs? And can we stuff their running game without getting – I mean, because I'm telling you, you talk to Clemson guys, Clemson guys are believers in Alabama. Believe me. They had zero net yards rushing. Clemson's got James Davis and C.J. Spiller, and those two guys combined for zero yards against this defensive line. This is as big as football gets, baby. And this is where the rubber meets the road, dog fans. We need everybody there. You know, Matthew, I'll tell you something else that's in our favor, though, old dog. We have not turned the ball over. Matthew Stafford hasn't thrown a pick in 108 attempts. Well, don't jinx it. And let me me throw (laughs) something else out. Speaking of jinxes. Coach Bobo, I know you listen. Write this down. I'm going to give you a second to get a pencil. The first play from scrimmage does not need to be a long bomb to any receiver we got. It, it, okay? it, it's it not don't required. work. It don't work, and it just puts us behind. Try this, and I'm going to say it real <laughs> low so Alabama doesn't hear. Toss sweep to no shot to the wide side of the field. <laughs> okay, I'm not. We shall not repeat it. Okay, we, I don't. I, I I don't want that going down to Alabama. But I no. think that ought to be what we do. Okay. All right. Well, that's all we're going to say about that. Now, I want to get back to this funeral thing real quick, because you remember, old dog. 
Because let me tell you something. Alabama likes to talk. They love to run that mouth, you know? Yeah, they do. You remember Gilbert Wallace last year? Gilbert Wallace, interior defensive lineman for, the, for Alabama, he said, yeah, you know, I need to find out where Matthew Stafford lives so I can know where to send the flowers after the game. They yeah. love these funeral analogies, these funeral metaphors, you know? They're going to send flowers, and we're wearing black. Well, listen, right. I got a message for you, man. You Bama. know, I wonder if he sent funerals to Mikey Henderson's wedding. Yeah, I wonder if he did. How about win a football game, Alabama? Yeah. How about beat us? Can you do that? Have you got a win in you? Because I can't remember. When was the last time Alabama beat us, old dog? Do you remember? Do you know? Because I actually do know the answer to this question. When was the last time that Alabama defeated Georgia? Well, I said it was in the 90s, and I think it was 95. Now, but I'm, and I'm also wrong. I think it was kind of a blowout. Uh, I do remember... Uh, Shula driving down late, but I think that was earlier. Wow. I don't think we were in the 95 game. Yeah, that's the last time we lost. Ed, the last time we lost these guys, September 30th, 1995, Alabama came to Athens and beat Georgia 31 to nothing. A scant 13 years ago when they beat us. Yeah. So, um, you know, settle down, Bama, okay? Settle down with all this talk about the funeral and all that kind of crap. When was the last time we beat them? Oh, yeah, last year. Last year. <laughs> lights out, Bama. Last Lights out, baby. So yeah. anyway, um, yeah, we turned the lights out on that Nick Saban revival last year, and we're going to do the same thing this year, much like we do to Steve Spurrier most every year also. That's right. So, dog fans, this is as big as football gets. It's going to be a black game. It's going to be a blackout. It's going to be a funeral, yada, yada, yada. Just make sure you're there, all right? Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, they – it's hard to tell really how good Alabama is. They look good. I mean, you know, the Clemson game was really big, and at this point, who knows how good Clemson is. Uh, you know, they, they pretty much handled them well. They came back the next week, uh, maybe down a little bit. Uh, beat Tulane twenty to six. Mm-hmm. Uh, poured it on Western Kentucky, and you know last week pretty much demoralized Arkansas, which is a team that doesn't have much. And I think fourteen. Well, I'm, I know fourteen of the forty nine points they scored came from uh, interceptions, and it may have been you know even a little bit more that the defense turned around. But yeah, they simply you know, have not been tested, though. They haven't been tested. No, they they really haven't, and. You know, I, I think we probably have been tested against South Carolina. Uh, although, again, it's hard to say, you know, how good South Carolina is. Mm-hmm. You know, they played us tough, and then, damn, if they don't have to come out and, you know, pull a, pull a last-minute drive and everything, you know, to handle Wofford. But it's definitely going to be the toughest game that both teams have played to date. And Lord knows we've got a lot of tough games ahead of us. But we can't overlook this one. And, again, it's going to boil down. I mean, you know, we play we play into both – both teams play to each other's strengths. I mean, Alabama's a running team, and we've got the best rush defense in the Southeastern Conference and the best one and third in the nation and probably the best in the nation. Uh, you know, in turn, they've got an awesome defensive line, and we've got the best running back in the country. So, so it's just going to boil down to, you know, who executes better, who hits the big play, you know, who outperforms who, who doesn't make the mental errors, who doesn't get the penalties, and, you know, hopefully we are up for it. 
Something's got to break, though. Something's got to break, and we're going to find out what it is this week. Dog fans, I want to finish this off, old dog. We let, had... me say one, let, let me say one thing before you finish it off. Okay. I want another, another direct appeal to Coach Bobo. Oh. There is, in, in my history of cheering and being a fan of the University of Georgia, one of my greatest memories will be the opening drive against the University of Florida last year where we took it and ran 10 plays straight right into the end zone. And that sets the tone of the game, and it sets a message. And we told the University of Florida, and I hope we do the same thing to Alabama, we are here to play, we are going to run it, and by running it, it proves that we're better than you, and we are going to dominate this line of scrimmage all night long. There is no better message, because the way Alabama fans feel about their defensive line, if we smashed them in the mouth ten times in a row and scored just running the ball, they would be out of the game. They would be out of the game after one drive if we could do that. I agree, old dog. It would be a message that they could not ignore. Now, Dog fans, I got something special. Old Dog, you know last week we were at the Dogapalooza, and we met Bert and Becky Dial. Great dog fans, great bulldogs, and great fans of the Dogcast. Well, Mrs. Dial, Mrs. Bert Dial, has written a poem about the Dogcast called Ode to the Dogcast. Now, I know oh, that... Oh, Lordy. I know. This is Ode to the Dogcast. I know I can't do this justice, and I'm probably going to read it all wrong. Miss Dial probably has a completely different tune in her head from what I'm going to say, but I'm going to attempt to just read this poem. Wait a minute. You said tune. You're not going to sing it, are you? No, I'm not going to sing oh, it, but okay. she's got to... I'm, I'm just going to try to do this thing justice, okay? Are you ready? I am. Uh, okay, okay. Here we go. Ode to the Dogcast. "'Twas the week before Bama, and all Georgia fans were biting their nails and making game-day plans. While Mark Rick was practicing drill after drill, Bert anxiously awaited Derek and Old Dog, or is it Bill? The defense, the coaching, the offensive line, what will they cover in so little time? Has Old Dog raised enough scholarship dough to recruit a kicker who will kick in the end zone?' Should the dogs pass the ball or stick with the run? If old dog were coach, Caleb and Samuel would be done. Yes, he'd wish for Noshan to run every play, much like Herschel back in the day. However, sticking to the run leaves out Momass and A.J., because against Bama's defense, they'll have their way. Yes, A.J.'s the man. He had eight catches in Tempe. He'll make Julio Jones' game look quite skimpy. What will be the dog cast's keys to the game? They'll surely focus on penalties, not more of the same. Will Derek's man crush on Coach Rick help pull us through? Or should he get advice from old Dr. Lou? Who will game day pick to win the game? What helmet will Corso choose? Will it don our name? We sure hope it's Bama's because we don't need Corso's curse. We must focus on our game, just making the first. And if things don't go well when Saturday's here, we can just pray to Tebow while we're drinking our beer. Go Dogs by Becky Dial. How about that, old dog? Is that a fantastic 
piece. That's a literary masterpiece. Man, that's great. I tell you, that's that that's is. right up there with like War and Peace. You know, uh, that's like something. That's like something that the great literary masters would have churned out years and years ago. That is super. And for those fans that want a copy, email us, call us, let us know, and Derek will be more than happy to shoot one out to you over the internet. Absolutely. I tell you what, I love the Ode to the Dogcast, and Becky, we appreciate that so much. That's probably the best thing we've ever gotten here. There, I mean, that's, Well, I, I don't know. Smooth $27. Pretty <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, $27. Somebody picked the hit the button, and, tw- and Smooth grooved us $27 this week yes, for the 27 points. But I tell you, Becky, that was Dog a fantastic poem. keep poem. that up, and let's hope we score 40. Exactly. <laughs> Dog fans, thanks for listening. Give us a call at Dog. I mean, give us a call at Dogcast. Give us a call at seven zero six five three four fifteen sixteen, or email us at dogcast at gmail dot com. We love the dogs and we love our listeners. Big game Saturday night, old dog. Let's get it on. Go dogs! Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Whoa, old dog. Wait, before we go, wasn't there one more thing you needed to say about this week's game? There is predictions for the game. And yeah. as much as I love the dogs and as good as I think they are, I hate to say it, but all Alabama needs to do is show up and we're done. Oh, man. Really? I mean, really? All, you think all they yeah. got to do is show up and we have no chance? That's it. Ugh. I mean, Corso is going to put on a uh, hairy dog's head and it's, like I say, all they got to do is show up. That's it. Wow, I tell you what, man, that's pretty. That's pretty dire straits, there, buddy. I tell you what, we're gonna have to work even harder yeah. to overcome that. Well, I, I appreciate yeah. prediction, old dog. I tell you, that's sad news. All I can do. It's sad to know okay. that all Alabama's got to do is show up in order to win the game. Dog fans, thanks for listening. We're out of here. Hey, Derek and old dog. This is Bert in Vancouver. Just got back from Dogapalooza. It was a freaking blast. It was awesome to meet you guys. Uh, that made the trip worth it just just as it was, just to meet you guys. But, uh, you know, I didn't see any dogs whoop up on the devils. That, well, you know how it goes. But anyways, uh, it was a blast. I wanted to, you know, let everybody know I enjoyed meeting the other uh, listeners. Enjoyed uh, getting stranded in a broken-down cab with the Count. Met a lot of other good folks. want to get a shout-out to Mark and Alexis. They were a lot of fun to party with before the game. and. Man, you guys know how to do it, and uh, keep up the good work. And thanks for the shirt. I'm going to frame that stinking thing, man. It's going to be in a glass case with spotlights on it. But uh, one other thing, I was going to talk about the uh, blackout. I was prepared to go off on my soapbox moment, then I'd get home and go on AJC and see that uh, Rick called for the blackout. So I'll just hold up there and uh, wait till next time. So if Rick says it, we'll do it. So. Anyways, great game, great time. Look forward to hearing more of the show. Go Dogs! Hey, Derek, old dog. This is Travis from Bogota, Colombia. I uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, still celebrating the, you know, victory there over Arizona State. Um, it's pretty, pretty big, pretty huge. Showed the SEC was pretty dominant there. Um, wish I could be with you guys there in Tempe. Sounds like you might have had a good time at the Dogapalooza, but. Obviously, I couldn't make it. I was actually traveling that day. But I uh, just wanted to let you know, too, that uh, I watched the 
Georgia-South Carolina game from a sports bar in Antigua, Guatemala. And sure enough, I met two Georgia fans in Antigua, Guatemala. So I just want to give a shout-out to Catherine and Brian. And uh, they're, they're going to be freshmen at UGA this year. And they were just traveling through Guatemala. And sure enough, they're wearing a Georgia shirt. And I said, come on in and watch the game. But anyways, uh, you guys are great. Look forward to hearing the post-game uh, wrap-up show there from the Georgia-Arizona State game. And look forward to blacking out Alabama. I heard the announcement that Coach Rick said we're going we're gonna to black out the tide. So I'll have my black shirt on and be watching from someplace. All right. Y'all take it easy. This is Travis and Bogota. Out. Eric Dog, what's up? It's Chicago. It's Saturday evening. Just wanted to say, hey, Dog and Palooza was awesome. It's a great time at Bison Witches. Everybody missed it. It's too bad, but hey, Tempe, Tempe's a cool town. Georgia won today. That's a good thing. Um, other than that, hey, just want to say it was great meeting you guys. It's great meeting the rest of the Dogcast Nation. Drew from Athens, Jeff from Boise, Jan from Burbank. It was nice meeting y'all. Anyways, it's great hearing you guys. Keep up the good work. We'll see you next year at Dog and Palooza 09. Take care. Derek, old dog. This is G Daddy in Chicago. Rennie Curran Kool Aid all around. Best linebacker in America right now. Stafford to AJ Green, that's a new recipe for a hellacious punch. And the smoothest drink of all, No Sean's Leap, may have just won him a certain postseason award. Dogs look good, and it was a great game to watch on TV. Okay, look, just to clear the air on that ESPN apology thing a few weeks ago, hey, I'm just making sure you had a chip on your shoulders. So if it meant starting a jihad with ESPN, so be it. Glad y'all understand. Clearly the dog cast got it turned around up in Bristol. Of course, now you've got some other problems. Uh, I think our friends from ESPN want to come to Athens. College game day in the classic city. Evil empire under the arch. Yeah, I think they snuck into town while you guys were in Arizona. Oh, and here's the other thing. I think Coach Rick just declared a blackout for Alabama. So if that's your idea of keeping it in reserve, well, Coach Rick didn't get the memo. See what happens when y'all go out of town? So now, Derek, old dog, what you going to do? P.S. Here's the feedback on your radio appearance on Project 96. You were fine, Derek. Those guys sounded like dicks.